Welcome everyone to Kingdom Rock Radio. We pray that you will enjoy today's message. Now here's a sample of what you'll be hearing today. If the Spirit of God is within you, you go curse somebody out, you're going to know it. He's going to talk to you. He's going to deal with you. You watch something you're not supposed to watch. You do something, the Spirit of God within you, He will convict your heart. He will convict your heart. You cannot stay in it because the seed of God, the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Christ is within you. He will convict you internally. Now, you know that's not right. But if there's no internal conviction, you keep on going. Kingdom Rock Radio is an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center located right here in Bremen, Georgia. You can connect with us at our website at www.kingdomrock.org. And now, here is today's message. Good morning to our online community that are gathering all around the world, whether you're watching in the morning or in the evening or whenever and wherever you're watching. We want you to know that the Father loves you so greatly and that we want you to have, or He wants you to have hope and dwell in victory in this life. Welcome to today's broadcast. And for those of you that are joining us by way of YouTube, when this video is finished today, do us a favor. We want these video numbers to go up even higher, and you can help that when you're watching on YouTube just by clicking the thumbs up button there and leaving a comment in the description area below, and uh, that will actually help more people to see it and to watch it. So we thank you so much for your help. Those of you that are watching by Roku and radio, continue to do so. We love you guys so much. Thank you. However you're watching or listening television, we want you to know we love you and we're praying for you. You can bet that. All right. This morning, we want to go into part three of the series entitled Net Fishing. Part three, Net Fishing. And today we're going to subtitle this, really, I believe, Like the Master. Like the Master. We're living in these crucial, very crucial times today, and there's a lot of fear in our land. A lot of fear. And the Lord does not want you to be afraid. Let me just say that first of all. Several, several places in the word of God, the Lord tells his people, fear not, fear not, fear not, for I am with you. Fear not. Don't allow fear to control your life. Now, there's a line. We talked about this a moment ago here. There's a line between faith and foolishness. And there's no sense in believing God. You say, I believe God that I'm not going to be infected by a virus or anything else. But you go to your local Walmart store and you start licking on the shopping carts. That's just foolishness. Why would you do such a thing? I'm sure it would taste terrible too. Don't do that. It's a fine line. We have to acknowledge Jesus as our protector, as our savior, and as our Lord. But we also do our part. So wearing masks, that's a part of it. That's a part of nothing wrong with that. Um, having the vaccine, if the Lord leads you to do so, then, then take the vaccine. There's nothing wrong with that. But, but understand something, mask wearing and vaccines and hand sanitizer, these things are not the ones that's going to keep you safe. It's Jesus that keeps you safe. It's his, his precious blood over your life that protects you. All these other things, mask wearing, vaccines, and hand sanitizing, keeping social distancing, these are things that uh, can help us but he's the one who keeps us. So let's keep things in proper perspective. Amen. So as the scripture says, do all that you can do to stand. Go ahead and do everything that you know to do. You do it. 
But don't dwell in fear. Dwell in faith. Whatever you do, don't do it out of fear. Do it in faith, knowing that Jesus has you. All right. Well, I guess that was opening number two. So let's go on to the message now. All right. Net fishing uh, part three, talking about like the master. Let's go to Matthew, the 28th chapter, Matthew 28. And I need to show you some scripture here. As the Lord begins to really deal with me uh, to tell you about the differences really being in being a disciple and being a church member. Disciples make disciples. Church members may possibly make church members. In this day, in this day and time that we're living in now, you will see a fine line. You'll see the line between those who are just attending church and those who are disciples of Christ. Now, while disciples may be church members, but not all church members are disciples. Please understand that there is a difference. We have been sold a bill of lies in the American church. We've been told if you would come in and give your heart to Jesus and you become a member of a church and you pay your tithes and give your offerings and you just keep on coming, everything's going to be all right. No, that's that's not the full story. And I'm going to show you that in the word of God today, because there are a lot of church members that are leaving that are living weak and defeated lives that are really being neutered. Their, their life is neutered, powerless. They've been going to church for 20, 30, 40 years and have not seen the power of God in their lives. And many are still concerned whether or not God is hearing their prayers in the first place. But you've been going to church. You've been doing your best to pay tithes, been doing your best to give offerings, and you've been trying your best to be a good-hearted person. But still, weak and defeated. Something is wrong. And something is missing. A portion of that key is actually being a disciple. A disciple. We're going to talk about that today. Look at what the Bible says here in Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20. And let me show you this. It says here, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. Note the word teach. And teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. If you note that word teach there in verse 19, he says teach, teaching or teach all nations. The word teach there means to make disciples. Make disciples, not church members. While it's, it's, it's fine, it's a great, good thing to be a member of a church. Nothing wrong with that. Being part of a local fellowship. But understand something. I'm not sure of the diet that, that many of us are receiving in our local churches. Jesus told us to make disciples of all nations. Nations, of course, meaning is the Greek word, I believe, here, ethnos, which means different people groups. Make disciples. Our command is to make disciples. A disciple is one 
who becomes like the master. Disciple means learner, a pupil, who becomes like the master. Now, you can easily see this uh, in the uh, Eastern culture in, in relating to maybe the karate or judo type of thing. Exactly. And there's the master in there, right? And the master has his pupils or disciples. And it is the role of a disciple to become like the master. Who's the master? It's Jesus. We thank God for Mr. Shonuff and all the other things. It's Jesus. But Everyone in that class, everyone in that dojo or whoever, they all want to be like the master. So they begin to pattern their life after the master. And, and you'll see in some um, dojos or, or um, you know, training places, you'll see a picture on the wall. That's the grandmaster. So what has happened there, the master in that um, dojo or training area he studied under that person, and he became the master, and now he has disciples under him. Got me? Well, Jesus is the grand master, if you would say, if something like that. You got what I'm saying here? And all of us are patterning our lives after him. Now, if someone has been a disciple for a while, and you cannot tell any remnants of the master in their lives and you would have to conclude that a you're really not a disciple or b somehow you missed some type of instruction or maybe the master's life wasn't that as cracked as good as it was cracked up to be got it well we know that jesus is the master and he called us to be his disciples his learners, his pupils, those who would live our lives in pursuit of being like him. Now, again, it's possible for you to go to church to ye for years and not look like Jesus. Because the pursuit of many have been to be a part of a church, and that's their end goal. Many have said, well, I give my life to Jesus. Now, here's a faulty, faulty thinking in many of our churches. Here's a faulty thinking that I'll give my life to Jesus. I'll join this church and then I'll try to do my best to do good. And for many, they call that fire insurance. Well, I'm a, if, I, if, if I die, I know I'm okay. So I'll just begin to live my life in the way that I think is right for me. And they only call upon Jesus when times of, in times of trouble or when they finally uh, are about to expire. They look up and say, Lord, you got me. You got me. I, at least I was baptized in so-and-so, so-and-so date and time. But they live their life in pursuit of their own passions, in pursuit of their own will, and not the pursuit of the master. God has called us to be like the master like Jesus. And Jesus said that he wants us to teach all nations. In other words, make disciples. Make disciples. In other words, introduce people to Jesus. And the first thing you're going to do is tell them it's our job to be like the master, to be like him. The disciples, as they walk with him in scripture, they ate what he ate. They drank what he drank. They were persuaded by his miracles. They 
heard what he said. They took his teaching as their own, his thoughts as their own. It was their job to pattern their lives, to make their lives look like his. That is our goal. And when we just simply come to church and hear a good message and then go home living the way we want to, we are not disciples. We are simply church members that will have no power. Got me? The devil will respect those problems, respect those that look like Christ. Your image has no power. Now, although in some places you may be the big boss and your name may carry a lot of weight with other people. But in the grand scheme of things, it is Jesus's name. It is Jesus's image that carries power and great authority. When my wife, I'm giving an example of that. When my wife was, this was some time ago, she had a fever. And uh, I took out my oil. Boy, I'm telling you what, I know how to take authority in my home. I thank you, Jesus, for instructing me. I took out my oil. I said, oh, it's time for us to pray. And I anointed her with oil. And as I touched her forehead, I felt her skin, her forehead, very warm under my hand, hot. And I took authority over that in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And I declared in the name of Jesus I take authority over you fever. I take authority of you sickness. And I command that you leave her body now in the name of Jesus. And as I continue to do that, declaring the word of God over her life, declaring that it is by the stripes of Jesus that she is healed, standing on the word of God. And as I did that, I felt, I felt uh, her skin becoming cooler under my hand as I was touching of course her skin began to get cooler and that fever broke almost immediately almost immediately you say well that's impossible that's impossible that's the life of a disciple Jesus said behold I give unto you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you He's talking to the disciples, giving them power and authority. Those who would pattern their life after his. Again, it is Jesus's image, Jesus's likeness. It is his name that has power and authority. Now, our name, again, you, your name may mean a whole lot to a lot of people. Your image may make people cry. If you're some sort of rock star or something, I don't know. People may look and just cry. Oh. I mean, it may cause them to do many things. But I'm telling you, it's the name of Jesus that has power and authority. And when you pattern your life, pattern your life after the master means that what you say master goes. What you say is right, and I follow you. I follow your example. I follow your image. Again, it is the goal of the disciple, the pupil, the disciple, the learner, to be like the master, to be like the master. And if you do, there are rewards. Now, Jesus brings us out. Let's go to uh, John, the 14th chapter, John 14, 
John 14. Again, our goal is not just to be a church member or not just to simply read our Bible or simply give a tithe and an offering. Now, these things are good, but our end result is to be like Jesus. All these things can help us to be like him, but we must keep our focus on Christ. Look at John 14 again. John 14, verse 11 and 12 says this. The Lord says, believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very work's sake. Verse 12, verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, listen, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. Now, so that's a master disciple relationship. Jesus said, you saw me do it. You're going to do it as well. If we would go back into that karate sort of example, he says, I will kick this thing. Pow, and you'll be able to kick it, too, if you follow, follow the examples. Are you hearing me? I'm just trying to give you some examples here of master pupil relationship. Are we there? But you can go to church, you can maybe name the name of Christ and not really be submitted to the master-disciple relationship. What we can be committed to is hearing and maybe receiving, many times just disregarding. Hear a word, but then forget what was said. Again, our intent is to be like the master. Let's look at John, John, 4, John 13. John 13, I want you to see this. These are some things that Jesus did here. John 13, now again, this is not easy. It's not easy. John 13, let's look at two verses here. John 13, 13 says, Ye call me Master and Lord, and ye say, Well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, ye also ought to wash one another's feet. So that's a life of service, isn't it? That's service. Jesus, being master, took upon himself the role of a servant, put a towel on, got water, and began to wash his pupils' feet, wash the disciples' feet. He said, if I am master, and I am, and I'm willing to serve you, you ought to be willing to serve one another. That's another bill of lies that we've been told. Well, he's the big bishop. He's the big pastor. Let's serve him. Let's serve him. Well, he needs to serve. The greatest example of the servant should be that of, should that be that, uh, that's the head of the ministry. That is, that, that is the head of the organization should be the greatest example of service. Because that's exactly what Jesus is doing. That's exactly the pattern that he's setting. If we're going to be disciples, we got to be willing to serve. Not unwilling, but we're going to have to serve. We're going to have to serve. Now, to serve, sometimes you have to go out of your own way. Praise the Lord. Give of your substance. Sometimes to serve, being led of the Lord in doing that. Again, as we follow the master, obey his training, his teaching, we'll begin to do what the master does. Got me? Let me show you a few other things that the master is doing. Let's look at uh, Acts, the 10th chapter. Let's look at one verse here. Acts, the 10th chapter. 
verse number 38, Acts 10, verse 38 says this, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Jesus went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Now, many times this will be through prayer. This will be through a word that God will give you to give to someone else. This will be through an act of kindness. These are different ways that God can um, work this work through you. I don't want you to say, well, that was Jesus and he did that. I'm not him. But don't you have him in you? Aren't you the temple of the Holy Ghost? Isn't the spirit of Christ living on the inside of you? One of the worst things that people can say is, yeah, I believe in Jesus, but I don't do that. But listen, if God is truly in you, and if God is so massive and big and is so powerful, like you say he is, more powerful than the sun, you think your body can contain that power? And every once in a while, he, he can't peek out? Are you that big and are you that strong that you can contain God and we're not seeing some evidence? Let's be real. Something ought to leak out if God is in there. But if we say, well, I've been going to church, but I haven't seen anything. Let's go back and visit. Is God actually in there? Did you simply join a church? Because you can join a church and not be saved. You can be a church member and not know Christ. Sooner or later, there, there has, there's got to be some amount of evidence of the presence of God within you. Hallelujah. Let's look at John 1. John 1, verses 3. This is also a very excellent example of those that are true disciples and those who are not. Look at John 1, or rather 1 John, 1 John, 1 John, the third chapter. Let's look at verses 5 through 10. And it says here, And ye know that he was manifested to take away our sins, talking about Jesus. And in him is no sin. If we continue to follow after him, we're going to have these results coming up. Hear me. If we continue to follow after Jesus, we're going to have the, the following results. And I'm going to show you this in a minute. If we continue to follow after his path, we'll have the following results. Jesus had no sin. You say, well, uh, that's Jesus. You mean to tell me that uh, I will have no sin in my life whatsoever in this life? Let's read on down. Kind of sound like Matrix right there. You mean to tell me I'll be able to dodge bullets? I'm telling you that when you're ready, you won't have to. But if you see a person with a gun, plead the blood and get out of there. Do all that you can do to stand. Hallelujah. Does God have power of a bullet? Sure he does. But Jesus, remember, Jesus told the devil, the devil told Jesus there in the mountain temptation, if you be the son of God, cast yourself off this cliff here. He said, it is written, you, don't, you won't tempt the Lord thy God. Don't tempt me. Yes, Jesus could cast himself off and be, be just fine. Angels would pick him up. Sure he would. But why do that? 
Why put yourself in harm's way trying to prove a point to a devil? Why do that? There's a fine line between faith and foolishness. Just being foolish. Let's look on again, verse number five. It says, and ye know that, um, that he was manifested to take away our sins, and in him, say in him, in him is no sin. Look at verse six. Whosoever abideth in him sinneth not. Abideth means to stay in Jesus and be in Jesus and continue to stay in him. Listen, whosoever sinneth, that is to continue to sin, have a practice of sin. He says, uh, whosoever sinneth hath not seen him, neither know him. Now, it says, whosoever abideth in him sinneth not. That is, that you do not practice sin. You do not continue in it. You don't practice it. To practice sin means it's Friday night, and I know I believe in Jesus, but I got to go out with folk. And you make plans for it all week long. I'm going to wear this outfit. We're going to leave it this time. And we're going to do this and we're going to do that. But I love Jesus. That's a continual cycle of sin. There's no repentance in that. You sit there planning it. What you going to do and how you going to do it. And how you going to curse somebody out. Boy, I can't wait to see. I cannot wait to see them again. Talk about wait to exhale. I'm going to exhale all over them by giving them a few choice curse words. Blah, blah, blah. That's a lifestyle of sin, not a lifestyle of repentance. You hearing what I'm saying to you? So it says, whosoever abideth in him sinneth not. That is, you don't have a pattern. You don't have a practice of continual sin. It grieves you. It says, whosoever sinneth, whoever continues to practice in it, dwell in it, have not seen him, and you don't know him. That may be a church member, but it's definitely not a disciple. You got me? Look at verse number seven. He says, little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness, or he that continues to do righteous, rightly, is righteous, even as he is righteous. Look at verse 8. He that committeth sin, or continues to sin, or has a practice of sinning, is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Jesus is in you. He's manifested, he's seen to destroy the works of the devil in your life. So if Jesus is here, active in your heart, in your life, he is destroying the devil. He's destroying the devil's power and influence over your life, making it possible for you not to continue in the practice of sin. Got it? Look at verse 9. Whosoever is born of God, whosoever, whoever is born of God, doeth not commit sin, doeth not continue in sin, doeth not practice sin. Why? For his seed remaineth in him. The Holy Spirit of God, the, the Spirit of Christ is in you. He cannot sin because he is born of God. You cannot stay in it. You cannot continue to do it. If the Spirit of God is within you, you go curse somebody out, you're going to know it. He's going to talk to you. He's going to deal with you. You watch something you're not supposed to watch. You do something, the spirit of God within you. He will convict your heart. 
He will convict your heart. You cannot stay in it because the seed of God, the spirit of God, the spirit of Christ is within you. He will convict you internally. Now, you know, that's not right. But if there's no internal conviction, you keep on going. This is how we know the children of God and the, and the children of the devil. There's no internal conviction that the spirit of God brings. Verse uh, nine says again, whosoever is born of God doeth not commit sin for his seed remaineth in him. He cannot sin because he is born of God. Verse 10 in this, the children of God are manifest or are clearly seen and the children of the devil whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God. Neither is he that loveth not his brother. If you can't continue doing the right thing, staying in God's presence, if you can't continue in his righteousness, in his way of doing things, if you can't continue in that, it's not of God. Remember, this is not something that we are uh, manufacturing. Remember, an apple tree doesn't have to strain to be an apple. I mean, Lord, help me. An apple tree does not have to strain to produce apples. If all conditions are correct, they're going to produce apples. Right? It shouldn't be a strain. Same thing for an orange tree. Now, if an apple tree says, well, I'm going to produce oranges, that's not a part of your nature. You can strain all you want to. But an orange is not going to pop out. If an orange does pop out of an apple tree, that's some sort of abomination, something crazy going on there. I wouldn't taste that. You got me? So you don't strain at doing something that, that, that God, that's in your nature. You have a new nature because Christ is within you. You shouldn't strain to become like the master. It's in you because the Holy Spirit of God, the Spirit of Christ is on the inside of you. And he is cultivating the image of Christ inside of you. So the more you stay in his presence, the more you, more you pray, and the more you just simply ask, Father, make me like Jesus. Make me like Jesus. I yield to the image of Christ. I yield to your word. Teach me your word. I want to be like Jesus. The father said that he will give you the desires of your heart as you pray in that line. And as you pray, his will be done in your life, not your will, but his will be done in your life. You will see the manifestation of Christ taking form in your life. The works that Jesus did, you'll do also. He's saying that to disciples, not just church members. Again, there are church members that are disciples. Right? But not all church members are disciples. Now, being a disciple, let's look at a couple more that we're going to close out today. We'll pick this pick up on this one next time. Look at John the 15th chapter, because this is so very important that you I pray that you've seen the difference between a just being a church member, especially in the last days. You need to be a disciple of Christ. A disciple a follower of the master, a follower of the master that says that you're going to have to give your life in pursuit of him. Remember when Jesus called the disciples to him, um, um, Peter, James and John, were well, they're out fishing and Jesus said, come and follow me. What they do? They left all that they had and pursued him. That's a disciple. 
That's a disciple. I, I fear today that, or I'm concerned today, if Jesus would come to many of us and say, come and follow me, we'd say, okay, what's your cell phone number, Jesus? What's your Instagram account? What's your, I'll follow you by way of that. Not actually, you know, I'll read your post every once in a while, and I'll try my best to do it, but I'm not leaving where I am to come after you. I got too much going on. You understand? I'm concerned that we think following Jesus is like that. Every once in a while, you look on your phone. Oh, you posted something. I'll look at it later. I'm concerned that that is the case, and we think that that's being a disciple of Jesus. That's being like the master that's going after him when that's not the pattern of the word of God. People left all they had to go follow him, to follow his way, to follow his example, to follow his pattern, his way of life. John, John 15. Look at John 15. A few verses here. Then we're going to begin to close out here. John 15. Verses 5 through 8, it says, I am the vine, the Lord Jesus speaking. He says, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. Again, let me say this. If we are disciples of Christ, after a while, we should begin to look like him. Going back to the karate studio, after a while, Maybe you start kicking a couple of inches off the ground. After a while, your legs should be up here. Going back to that example, right? If the master's teaching you and master does this, after a while, we should be able to do this. Look at verse 6. If a man abide not in me, in other words, he is not my disciple, if a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and men gather them and, and cast them into the, into the fire, and they are burned. Look at verse 7. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Look at verse 8. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. So is it possible to be a disciple of Christ and not bear fruit and not show forth some image of Christ in your life? It's just not possible. He said, when you bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciple. That is, his words, his teachings are, develop, are planted in your heart and it's developing. You're allowing it to take development in your life and shape and your life is being transformed. You begin to see the word in action in your own life. Eventually, you become the word that you have received. Got me? Hope it's plain to you. Let's look at one more. Let's look at John the 8th chapter. John 8. John 8 verse 31 through uh, 31, just 31, 32. John 8, verse 31 and 32. It says here, Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my what? Word. Then, say then. Say then. You at home, say then. You at work, say then. You on the subway, say then. Now y'all not on the subway hearing this. 
but praise the Lord. Wherever you are around the world, say then. All right. Then are you my disciples? What? Indeed. In practice, it is so. In truth. If you continue what he said, not disregard it, but you let that word go into your heart and you feed on that word and you produce the fruit of that word. He says, love. He says, forgive. And we do our best to love and forgive and say, you know what? I'm going to do that. Let me give you an example of this. Let me finish reading verse 32. He says, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. All right. Now, forgiving people is not always easy. When they wrong you, when they mistreat you, when they take things from you, it's not easy to walk in forgiveness. It's not easy. But being a disciple of Christ, a follower of Christ, the decision is not yours whether you're going to do it or not. Because you made a decision to follow after him. Because Master Jesus forgave, you say, I will forgive. Because Master Jesus loved his enemies, you say, I will love my enemies. And listen, it was hard for him. It was hard to be on that cross. And being on that cross, dying on that cross, saying, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Don't tell me that it was easy for him. If it was hard for the master, it's going to be difficult for us too. You got me? But that's a choice that we made. I will follow Jesus. When this man, and we had some time ago, there was a, a contractor that we felt, my God, that had done, done me wrong, done our family wrong, and really just it, just, it was just absurd. And it hurt. It hurt. My wife and I got together, and we got down on our... Well, I got on my knees and she was there and we had communion. And I was grateful that we both were able to release that man. Release it completely and give it all to God. Give it all to God. And with joy, with joy, pay that other amount that we really didn't know. No amount is going to keep me from the presence of God. But you owe me that. I don't care what it is. It's not going to keep me from the presence of God. I'm going to do what I can. And after I do what I can, I'm going to release it to the Lord. I'm going to give it to him and joyfully, joyfully forgive. Because Jesus joyfully forgave us. You got me? Let's look at one more. Then we're going to close out. Let's look at um, Luke 14. Luke 14, verses 31 through 33. The Lord talking about really being a disciple here, about counting up the cost. He says here in verse 31 of Luke 14, he says, Or what king going to make war against another king uh, sitteth not down first and consulteth whether he be able with 10,000 to meet him that cometh against him with 20,000? Or else, while the other is yet a great way off, he sendeth an ambassage and desireth conditions of peace. Look at verse 33. So likewise, whosoever he be of you or she be of you, that forsake not all that he hath, he cannot be 
my disciple. So again, it's easier just to be a church member. It's easier to just say, well, yeah, I'm a Christian. I believe in Christ. It's, it's easier to do that. But it's very difficult to be a disciple. To leave, uh, to leave everything that you thought was true and receive the teachings of Jesus and said, I'm going to leave. I'm going to I'm going to live with this. I'm going to do what Jesus says. I'm going to follow after him. After Master Jesus, I'm going to pattern my life after the master. I'm going to be like the master. Now, if you do that, if you decide to be like the master, power will be released to you. And I have many other testimonies I can give you of power that has been released in my life that I've seen God work in many supernatural ways. And that has happened because I've chosen to become a disciple a learner, a follower of Jesus. So you have to make the same choice. You have to make the same decision. Are you just a church member? Or are you just, do you just, have you just decided to uh, choose a Christian faith? Or are you a disciple of Jesus? One who decided, decided to pattern your life after the master. So who's your master? Let's pray. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for this day. And Lord, I, I ask even right now that you would strengthen and encourage your church. Father, I do pray that your people will hear your call, will hear your voice, and that you'll make this very clear where they stand. And Lord, I pray that we will stand in the place of being a disciple because only disciples can make disciples. Father, I thank you for releasing that end time power into their lives that they have no need to fear for you've already called them overcomers. And so it is. I pray your great grace upon your people. Well, we pray that you were blessed and encouraged by today's message. Don't forget, you can connect with us at our website at kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can hear today's message as well as the entire series. So check it out today. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you, and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. We'll see you on the next time.